Welcome to Kickstarter Radio 102.4, and today, ooh, we are looking at the worst Kickstarters of 2021, and there's some massive AAA titles here that annoyed me. That got millions of money, loads of backers that seem to be oblivious, or simply weren't too worried like I was about it, so... Oh. There's one way to know about a YouTuber is to find out what they hate, and today you're gonna have some bloody discovery about me, Lipstick Patty, what really winds me up and rubs me up the wrong way. So, oh, this is the third part this festive period. Um, three of three, where we looked at the best of the year in the under $100 category and the over $100 category but today we are looking at the worst offenders on Kickstarter because of what they were doing on the campaign and trust me I was going into these with sheer excitement and it fell flat on the face for some reason or another so let's go to the first on the list Batman the Dark Knight returns the game Oh, this sounded so exciting, didn't it? Yeah, comic book Batman in the uh, co the comic book. I don't know what it is about comic book games coming to Kickstarter, but they seem to fall over more than others. Look at this board. Oh, it's so garish, horrible board, and. You might notice the dry eraser. What are you doing there? You might be fail to miss here the brutal ugliness to the cards. It's like there's no art in a comic book that they can use in this game. So, so they just completely threw it through the terrible... I mean, look at these red and blue cards. It's like it went through a pass and didn't they didn't pass it through colour. It's disgusting, Joyce. I mean, what's going on here? I, I mean, you've got so much license of art and you're pulling this? Look, serious text coming on these cards without any sort of brutalism. This is a brutalism art style, which we have for, you know, it's a descri describing architecture that has been deliberately designed to be ugly to see. You see it from like 1950s, 60s and 70s, architecture of giant bloody concrete. Well, this is brutalism in a board game design. Garish, horrible board with disgustingly looking cards. To say this came from a comic book and you had to describe what a comic book would to someone who was oblivious to it. Like, they would think comic books aren't even, I don't know, visual things. It really rubbed me up the, the wrong way and it, it was like, oh, what's going on? Dry erase on the board as well. As weird sculpted mini bottoms. Um, and just a black box. I mean, how original is a black box? It's, I mean, if you look at the black rose box, that was beautiful designed. This is just black, a black box with this logo on which, 
This one was maybe the least offender, but I do remember it. As I went through the games of the year, this one I really stuck out as sheer brutal on the art. And it was like, walk away from this one. But it was hard to forget due to how ugly it was. Let's go to the next. The Witcher Old World. Oh, I'm a huge Witcher fan. Here's a little thing. I've not seen Witcher series season two yet. It's actually been downloaded and I will be watching it. It's on my list. <laughs> too much good TV on. Now, I love this franchise and I was like, oh my God, it's going to be an epic adventure game. And... Um... Um... What's going on with the board? If you compare this to the Skyrim game on my top list of over $100, it's like a third of the adventure board in Skyrim. It's severely anemic with places to go to. And the, the amount of oh, shallowness to the decks. Oh, you play this two or three times and you're going to be seeing stuff you saw the other times. It's going to be a terrible replayability in this game. And sure, the, the first time you play it or the second time, you'll be having great fun. But... This is going to start, going to go on the shelf, probably sold. Oh, I, I don't know. It's just not got legs in it. Now, I did say at the time, I wouldn't go anywhere near this game until it had loads of expansions. So this may come to Kickstarter in the future with some expansions. But that map is severely small when you compare it to other adventure games. The Isovarian Guard... Skyrim? I mean, it's... You're supposed to be open world, travelling around, and, um... Yeah, limited. And, and just... The severe anemicness of the cards, they weren't stretching it out. You, I would have expected huge encounter decks, and it was just limited. Absolutely limited. So... I think my roost of my anger was, we're just getting a bit of it. That's my, my big concern, we're just getting a bit of this, and hopefully in the future, when it has expansions, you can get it. And it, I kind of said at the time, it's like buying the base game of Talisman. You'll get bored with it. You need all the corner expansions with Talisman, and with The Witch of the Old World, you need expansions to make that world bigger. That's what, what, where it would be, but on this Kickstarter, just wasn't. So maybe in the future, yes, but how it was on this Kickstarter rubbed me up the back way. Oh, dear me. Oh, so excited, but look at this limited, limited cards. Oh, 50 monsters, is that it? 56 event cards? Are you kidding me? Only 72 exploration cards. You get like five times that in the base talisman. It's disgusting. Only 20 monster cards. Oh, it's, it's like they have no concept of the adventure of board games. 
And it's like if you go on a du Dungeons and Dragons campaign, you'll be level two and face more monsters than you would in this game. <sighs> That's the Witcher old world just deeply unsettling for me to even go back here and look at the list of... Cora Quest! Oh, was I excited for this? But, here's the but. No shop. No shop! You've got kids going around this adventure and, and what? Sure they're getting, they're getting equipment and stuff, but why aren't they getting gold? Why is there no, you know, to go actually give them an incentive to want to destroy everything in the dungeon, you've got to give them something back other than just items. And if you're getting gold off them, what are you doing with the gold? And is it so difficult to have a shop with amazing stuff in or even crafting? Is that so deep of a system you can't put it into the game? It's like most of the game was being pushed into, like, the different characters. And I really wanted the system to be a little bit deeper. I don't understand how a shop feature couldn't be put in. Because it's like the video game Diablo. You go down in the dungeon, you come back out of the dungeon, and you sell all the stuff and buy better stuff or you upgrade stuff. And here, it's like, if you just keep going down in the dungeon, it gets very, very old quickly, you know, because you want to go back in stronger every time. But that sense of progression from a dungeon crawler is missing here. And I think it's for people's first dungeon crawl experience... You're not getting anything distilled from greater dungeoneering games. So for me, as a starting dungeoneering game on Kickstarter, it was like, I don't know, just not, didn't hit the nail on the head. It was far too simple and forgettable. And I think my son, who's coming up. I don't I don't really want this to be his first board game on Dungeoneering, in fact. Um, Alune. If you look at Alune's Kickstarter from 2020, oh, that's, that's an amazing dungeon crawler. Like your first dungeon crawler. And you know, if you've just got kids, you've got Catacombs, haven't you? The uh, Dexterity Dungeon Crawler, which has gold and a shop in it. Oh, that's your competition here, and I'm sorry, the beautiful thing about, <laughs> about Catacombs is that shop. The so excitement where you go, you know what, I'm not actually going to buy anything, I'm going to go in, this is going to be really hard, because I want that thing in the shop. I'm saving up for that thing in the shop, and it teaches kids about having to save money for things that they really want to get. And here, what are you teaching them? Roll dice and getting equipment. Too anemic on its design. And it didn't need to be. Six 
plus. Are you kidding me? You get kids at four that can deal with money. So, yeah. Mm. Maybe there's going to be a Cora Quest expansions in the future. Uh, maybe it will come later, but on the face of it, it could have been way, way more interesting. But um, not the yet Cora Quest. Should have been the basic version of Cora Quest. Needs expansions. Radlands! This has been getting some traffic on my channel recently, this game. So many people coming to, to look at what I said on it and commenting on it and didn't quite understand my beef with the game. Radlands! They've confirmed this is a one-off. It's a one-off game. There'll be no expansions. Zero for the hero. That is my beef with this project because all of the amazing games on Kickstarter, a Magnus Open from these people, the next thing they do after the Kickstarter, expansion to the game they've just put on Kickstarter. Why? Because it's like the dream project. It's amazing, the project for them. They, couldn't, they can't be more pleased to do an expansion. And it makes everybody happy. This amazing thing on Kickstarter is that the developers go on to do amazing expansions. Radlands here, it's a, it's a one-off. Like you, you can't go to a different part in the world and face different enemy types. Like, you can't see where it can be expanded in the future. It, and it's like, I can't play a card game if it doesn't get expansion content because you're limited to one deck. And sure, it looked fantastic. It pipped it out in ways you've not seen before. Beautiful box. And yes, people are telling me in the comments of my video, they got the game, they love it. But are you going to love it like in a year's time when you constantly know the game inside out and there's no longer a challenge? You know, I'm constantly beating my opponent because I know the cards. There's no freshness coming to the game where I'm going to need to learn and discover what's best with my, my deck or anything like that. It's just... And, and to say there is going to be no expansion content in the future, this is just a one-off, was like a big no-no. And in my best list of under 100 euros, there was the Mind Bug, the distilled card game. And it was like, is there going to be expansion content? They're like, hell yeah! This world's going to be huge! You're going to have huge decks and monsters and everything! To... And it's like, Radlands had none of that excitement coming in. Zero for the future. That's why it's on this list. With the worst card game for me because of the lack of any ambition to expand the content in the future. So, you know, maybe that has changed since the Kickstarter. It doesn't matter because in the time the project was live, it made me walk away from it because they hadn't confirmed it was going into anything bigger. In fact, they, they confirmed it was not going anywhere. So there we go. Radlands. 
Zombie side, undead or alive? Oh my goodness, this thing! Are you kidding me? We've got loads of characters that are just different skins. It's like playing Fortnite with loads of different skins. You're still doing the same stuff. There's, there's no originality between all of the different characters. And there's no effort to have a campaign story where there's like a Wild West campaign going on. Um, yeah, it just lack of ambition again from Simon. And I know Simon don't do this game. They're the publishers, but the the team just, the publishers just said, let's just do a re-theme of Zombicide. That's it. That, that's that's how this game was born. Let's just re-theme it. No actual thing to actually push the genre into something completely new and captivating. We've got one fresh dynamic, which is the train. It's like... And it's just another zombie side with a reskin. The, the only thing I can compare it to in, in the video game industry is FIFA football, where every year you get the same football. But the players have changed. There's like, it's re-themed on the certain season. I don't know. I, this is specifically in my list because they pulled out all of these historical characters and they were just a joke. Because every single character here was just a re-skin. Uh, because, you know, they've got like so many characters with shotguns, so many characters with pistols. They, they just didn't have the originality to think how they could be played differently. And if you look at the zombies, you know, there was really lack of understanding why these zombies would be coming from Western. I mean, there was a few of them, yes, but particular... Some of them are kind of generic zombicide. And, um... So, yeah, and I don't know what the werewolves doing in the Western thing. I can't remember seeing that. So, so yeah, just another unsatisfying... You know, it's like, yeah, you've got a game, but it's like very thin on the ground. It doesn't matter who you pick as a character. And uh, just another box of minis that are just unimportant that you're probably not going to play with. But I know people love this game, but for me, the, the fact that you just reskin it and push it out the door is disgusting. It's like, it's just oh, so lazy. It's so lazy. And this is what you get with corporate games. It's like, we don't want to risk bringing a new IP out where it could die on Kickstarter. We, we need to bring out something that's just a repeat of something we've done before. And that is like, oh, is anemic of any kind of design. <laughs> really hurt my feelings when this came out because I'm still waiting for them to really bring a next generation zombie side. And I don't mean 2.0, I really mean we're gonna push this into a larger campaign because we have seen in the past they're starting to do this, but not yet.
Zombicide. Sentinels of the Multiverse Definitive Edition. Bloody game. It actually is Sentinels of the Multiverse Definitive Edition, the classic comic book card game. Is its full title, you can see here from the splash screen. <laughs> um, a year before, I did kickstart a Sentinels of the Multiverse game called Freedom 5. And Freedom 5 took all these heroes and villains and brought them up into the next generation comic book art from artists that love this franchise IP and they really made it incredible. So when I heard Sensors the Multiverse Definitive Edition is coming out and they've redone all the art, <laughs> I was bitterly disappointed for several reasons and it was it could have been an easy back if they'd modernized it all but they did some decisions which were crazy on the original kickstarter they only showed you one card one card on the whole kickstarter page it was like <laughs> are you kidding me you only show us one card there's 900 cards in this box. 900. And you can't show us more than one card. Let's get to this card. Looks rubbish. It looks so basic. It looks like a card game from 1990s. And this pre it has a previous version and definitive version. It's like they're from the same game. There's not 10 years between these games. It looks the same. Now, if you, they did kind of show some more cards as it was going through its campaign, but it was just adding injury, adding insult to injury. And one of the worst things they could have done is mix art styles. So you've got like, Here's a card from 1950. This is one from 1970. This is one from the year 2000. So you've got like these three different eras of cards in the mix. It was like, <laughs> just modernize it. Can you imagine watching a Spider-Man movie and they bring Spider-Man from the 70s, the 80s and the 90s in the movie? Or Batman, where the 1950s Batman in his sky blue grey suit comes out and meets modern Batman. It'd be so jarring. And this is what they're doing here with the different art styles from the era. And the thing is, what does it add? What does it add to the overall card game? Having all these mix, mixtures of art. Because for me, it's a massive negative because there's not holistic it's not the art is not holistically done and it's just disappointing like you get the artist from freedom five on this Let, let's get a Settlers of the multiverse freedom five edition then we'll see how incredible the art could have been on this one 
And I get, you can bet your bottom dollar that if you got that, they'd be showing off all of the beautiful art they do because the artists are a celebration of how amazing this IP is. And what this is, is toilet trash. That's what it became. Oh, what a wasted opportunity, greater than games. Just jars me. Oh, let's go to the next. Masters of the Universe, the board game clash for Eternia. See Mom again on my list with a big IP. Two million off this one. The thing that really kind of peeved me off here is that they have like an expansion where it's like a different scenario. You, you, you're at, you're at the castle, Grey Skull, and, and this, and it's like so much opportunity here to have an amazing campaign, right? Because you've got different terrain on the boards here. You could have had your heroes going from board to board, meeting new NPCs, meaning the hero characters, which you actually could use for that round, and really get to use all of the villains and the baddies through the whole campaign. It would have been incredible. But again, Simon with, I can only put my design on a postage stamp. I have zero ambition for anyone playing the game because I, I, are you kidding me you couldn't have put a campaign mode in here here's the map this is how you set it up these are the npcs you're going to meet on it these are the villains you're going to have on this map it's an overall arching story and at the end you'll face skeletor or skeletor will come in at certain rounds just to annoy you and then zip off again like i mean is it so hard to see that this should have been should have been a campaign because it's got a, a nice system here that you could have employed it in. Maybe we'll get something like that in the future, but at the minute it was like, yeah, you, you've done the first step. Was the second step of actually employing all these bits in the box? And if you've got the license, you could have got great writers doing that campaign. And it would have been justified all of the people coming back to this IP wanting a phenomenal story. What they got was a board game that's repeated time after time and will get old very quickly. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Go to all that, all that energy of getting the IP, and you waste that opportunity. It's, it's like IP companies out there, if Simon come knocking at the door, it's like, go away. We don't want you with your terrible, ambitious projects that you just you refuse to do on Kickstarter. <sighs> There's going to be a mass effect. Kickstarter sometime in a board game. It's my number one video game of all time. Mass Effect, it's gonna come to a board game. And if Simon get it, 
That's it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go protesting that to EA, that why they give it to Seymour. It's just disgusts me that they're doing it. Let's go to the next. Verdant! Ah, Verdant. You must be like, he hated this game. What was wrong with this game? The art is what's wrong with this game. It's wrong is what it is. All the cards having the same pot. Who, who's got plants in their house using the same terracotta pots? It ain't inside. These are supposed to be in. This is a card game about... Not a card game, a collection game with house plants. No one has house plants with the same plant pot. And for anybody who is like a hobbyist, like myself, or an expert, my mum, and she sees these cards, they are completely wrong. Like you just don't get those leaves of these cards in a plant pot like that. I mean, look at the cactus here in that tub. It's like a meter tall. And really, this should have been a love letter for people that like plants. And it's like they never consulted an expert on plants to even ask them about how these plants look in someone's house. It just staggers me. And they've not got the rare house plants that people would have wanted in here. And I'm not talking orchids here. I'm talking spectacular plants that you can get. And editor, please put an image here of what I mean when I say a like a special house plant. Right? Hopefully you can see like there's been no investigation here, no expert knowledge but, oh man, the Birds of Paradise card. <laughs> that is, looks ridiculous. You don't get a mini version of that in the plant pot. The Piscian Cactus. Look how big it is. It's like that plant pot is five centimetres wide. So there's this kind of like strangeness with the art here. And like the spider plant, you don't put it in a plant pot, it's a hanging plant. These are just examples of where it's ridiculous. The scarlet scar that they have, which is a bromeliad, you only have one coloured flower coming out from them. You don't put three in a pot unless it's a giant pot. And why would you put three bromeliads in a pot like that? It would be so big in your house <laughs> you've got orchids in terracotta pots who puts an orchid in a terracotta pot it's like just ugh. and a lot of these like there's a beautiful plant the peace lily you often see it at christmas on on the you know in the church look how dull the plant looks the beautiful white leaves they've made it look like an egg color and it's like not nice to see and, and really when you play this game with someone who likes these plants and can identify these plants they're going to tell you the card art is off 
That's what they're going to say. It's off. And it's like jarring to see it. And why they didn't employ an expert in plants for this, because... <sighs> it's just bitterly disappointing. And really, they could have showcased why the hobby of houseplants exists here. And they didn't do it at all. It was like, we're going to give the designer three days to do all these cards and hopefully they can do it. And that's what happened. That's what it feels like. It's just an absolute waste of opportunity. And hopefully in the future, we'll actually get a card game with plants that actually makes them look amazing. Because here, worse light, not just worse light being shown, but inaccuracy in size of pot and yeah, <laughs> yeah, my mum went hammer and tongs on this when she saw it and, you know, I knew she wouldn't be happy with it. So if you buy, if you want to play this with a houseplant person, I would be warned about reactions if you do it. So Verdant, sorry, you were severely wrong on this. <laughs> what can I say? That's not subjective. Borderlands, Mr. Tong's Arena of Badatsuri! Oh my goodness, this game! <sighs> uh, this game should have come to Kickstarter in 2022, that's what I feel, because the art on the board here, not final. Not final at all. And. Yeah, it looks all the same because it's not final. So come back when it's finished. This is so like early. There was like severe amount of questions in the comments here that just were not getting answered. Like terrible. They said at the beginning that the FAQ was a living FAQ that would update through all of the questions that they pull out of the comments, they put it in the FAQ, didn't do it. It was a living card game for 24 hours and then they left it. Shocking. But the biggest thing that really peed me off is how much bloat they were throwing into the campaign with severely expensive expansions giving you not or no reason to want to get these expansions. Let me go down and show you what, what happened. Just absurd. Absurdity. There was it was very co controversial in anyway because they were basically giving um, scenarios that you had to print off. <laughs> you paid over a hundred dollar for this game and they're not going to print off the scenarios. What's going on? And they actually had it as an expansion where you have to pay. For them. It's just like double dipping for me. Double dipping. Let's go down to these expansions here now because. Right, we've got to get past all these. The stretch goals that they're doing, everything that they announced. <laughs> right, let's go down to the buys. The Bad Asaurius Rex Kickstarter exclusive for $60. $60? How big is it? 
You've got Lilith Modeler for scale, but can you not tell me how big it is? Um, you get a new hex here, but it looks like all your other hexes. Why is this hex different? You've got game cards, very vague. You're showing 12 cards here, so it's, it's basically a large mini with a smaller mini, new hex, and 12 cards for 60 bucks. <sighs> Expensive. Borderlands Objective Pack. $30 for this. Look at this for $30. <sighs> you know, you're supposed to get the best value here. Like $30 at, you know, they're the, the saying here it's going to retail at $40. No one's going to pay $40 for this little box of terrain. It's a disgusting price. The, the objective pack one, this stuff, look very small. The amount of things you get in this box, $30 for that. The best minion ever. Another $30 just for a box of minis. Just how many cards is it? Look, again, we're getting the same 12 cards here. Not giving. So there's such vagueness with these expansions. The Robot Revolution here. Um, we didn't get no detailed look about this. You get 40 new tiles here. But we don't know what the tiles are going to look like. <laughs> We don't know how many cards are being added here because that's $45. The Tink cap at 30, very vague as well. Again, how many cards? What's the scenario? You, you, you can't give us more information at this. $10 for Steve the Psycho. This was given free, I think, during the campaign, but $10 for one mini cards, vague, and a digital scenario. The Wattle Gobbler, this was another freebie on the 24th. They want 20 bucks for this chicken? Are you kidding me? And a digital, you're paying $20 and you get a print. Skags at the gate. Again, giving you loads of tiles that we don't know what they're going to look like. Is this, is this like a, a, the winter area of the map? They couldn't even show that this is going to bring in like a northern area. Just severe vagueness. Um, the Monster Fight Club objective pack. This was the worst offender here for, for value. The obstacle pack with just the tires. Super expensive. We're going to charge you $10 to print off the campaign and the scenarios in a book. $10. Not, you're not just putting that in. You're going to double dip and charge us 10 for that? It's just disgraceful. Now, let's see what the pledge is, because this Kickstarter page just became enormous with the amount of stuff that was getting unlocking from it. And um, they've not actually broken up te the pledge teals, but... The Ultimate Vault Hunter. So this is what they were kind of going for. They wanted you to pay $365 on the nose for everything. And are you seriously going to ask me to pay $165 when I don't even know what it looks like on the table yet? And, you know, the scenarios are so vague. They can't even tell you the overarching thing or what each expansion. They're not detailing it out. 
And you know, in my over $100 list of the year, the Harry Carey um, campaign, the campaign game, people were asking this. It's vague. Your boxes are vague. Tell us more. So they did a massive deep dive into the expansions through their updates during the campaign. And that kind of settled people down because they could see the value in it. But here it's like massively overcharging for what potentially you're getting here. And I don't blame people coming in here on $1 pledge just to see what it turns out like. But So vague, the vagueness was like too much too much and it, it was like had to go on the a worse kickstarter for that very very reason come back to kickstarter when we know what you look like simple monster hunter world the board game oh my god this this is the worst offender this is the last one on my list <laughs> it says the ultimate tabletop monster hunting experience are you living in a, sh in a in a rock? Now they've got the IP from Capcom, and in the over one hundred category, this is where it should have landed. But um, Primal, the Awakening, blew it apart. Blew it apart. Now the Monster Hunter World is a beloved. Japanese Monster Hunter game with incredible art throughout the game even has movies on it and the art we're using none of it and too much blackness here devoid of color the, the cards when they're showing like what the equipment looks like is so, like, lazy. And they had this giant all-in pledge of, like, all the hero boxes, which were trying to kind of copy what Primal were doing. But the monster design was so uninspired. The minis for the heroes look lackluster next to Primal. They just didn't have, they just weren't as big. Where's your three meter long gun, for example, that I talked about in my other list? And the monsters here don't get me excited. You've got the dragon, giant lizard, T-Rex. The actual art for them on their cards is like weird concept art. You couldn't get any images of these from the video game. This is what this is the this is like the worst concept cards you could have got. Um, <laughs> look at the hero boards. So, so you're not really getting the art that the game is known for here. They've they've kind of not didn't want to use it, and that's sheer disappointment here because this IP should have been incredibly special. I don't know what was going on with the cave painting on the monster boards. Just so abstract design. And, you know, when you put this next to Primal, it's night and day where the real ambition is. Where the love for the genre is. Because on this one, it's deeply missing. Worryingly missing. 
and and yeah that kind of troubles me it really does that they they didn't really bring like they got the ip but didn't use any anything from it <laughs> and primal the awakening which was creating its own ip designed loads of art to go with that game so was the ip restrictive here because if it wasn't restrictive, why have you not used it? And a lot of these monsters are coming from the video game, so they would have been super easy to bring in. Like, lazy. Almost quick to bring in. And that's another worrying thing, because they were kicking out models, and... You know, we can see here the, the gun, and it's it's like a, a much smaller gun, whereas it's like epic on Primal. Primal's like you're taking on a massive monster, you need a massive gun, you need massive weapons. And on here, the minis aren't doing that. Really unsatisfactory. The monsters themselves aren't as like epic as Primal. They were almost... Um, if you met these in a video game, they wouldn't be that much taller than your hero is what they felt like. So just on scale alone, a lot of the monsters they were bringing out were just too small. They did have the giant monsters, yes, three of them, but um, they weren't as exciting as could be. So um, apart from the giant dragon, which is the only one that I like, pretty much would you put these in a, in a, in a cabinet and display them like you would with the primal ones? think so. So yeah, a bitter disappointment. The crafted cards looked just insanely bad. Again, the obsession with using the black. A lot of these cards you're seeing as well, that you're supposed to be crafting these from the monsters you've been, you've destroyed. It doesn't look like that in these pictures. They look like they've got nothing to do with the monsters. So where's the crafting with the monster parts here? And at least Primal has that. You're ripping parts off the monsters to create stuff. And here, it's like none of the cards are actually showing this. Some of it might have. We've got like dragon's teeth or horns coming out of stuff. But it's like, this is the best way you could have shown it. Really? This is the best way? So just, I don't know. It feels like... A lazy campaign, didn't really want to, you know, bring the art from the IP across. And it was like, oh man, just bitterly disappointing. You know, when I was coming into Skyrim, the stuff they were showing me was like uninspired. But when the campaign came, it like blew me away. And Monster Hunter World, as the campaign went through, was just more nails in the coffin for me and really i hope capcom don't green light it <laughs> that's what i hope i hope they look at this and go why have you not used our art you didn't even call our studio because the vampire the masquerade when they write a chapter the um the the chapter game vampire the masquerade is that what it's called Everything they do has to be checked by the IP holders all the time. 
So I, I don't know if Capcom are looking at this and thinking, oh yeah, it'll, it'll do. Because they need to fire that person if that's true. They really need to fire them. Because I don't think anybody who loves the IP will enjoy all of these components. I, I think they're just going to think it's a... This is what they came up with? Is, is it this? Are you kidding me? Because obviously they're going to go and get Primal The Awakening. So... Yeah. You came out Monster Hunter World in the wrong year because Primal is so much better than you. And you had four months on Kickstarter to adapt. And it was as if it never even happened, Primal The Awakening. And 20,000 backers came on this when they could have gone on Primal. It's bonkers. I, I, understand it and in fact all these games today have had thousands of backers on them <laughs> but not me you know what my lists are I've done my video of the best of the year and these have been my worst offenders where I was very hyped going in and then soul destroying is what happened afterwards peeps so please let me know what your worst campaigns were this year in the comments. And of course, please give it a thumbs up if you like the content. There's already gonna be a gazillion dislikes, but they're gonna be kept secret from you. So I suggest putting your comments down um, is the only way to let me know your feelings on this. I expect a colorful, if not surprisingly, um, I don't know, we'll see. Toxic? Will it become toxic in the comments? I don't know. So thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Lipstick Patty. I hope you've enjoyed today. And if you're listening from the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope everyone has a fantastic New Year's Eve and I hope you all have a great New Year. So from everybody here at the studio, we wish you all the best and uh, all that jazz so yeah thank you so much for listening and watching i've been your host lipstick patty this is kickstarter radio 102.4 you take care stay safe and bye bye for now <laughs>